Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Nick Finzer, and I'm here with Alan Blanchard, and we are going to share some great new music with you today. The This Is Jazz Today playlist curated by Outside In Music. It's available now on Spotify. And uh, Alan, thanks for checking out this music. There's a lot of stuff this month that I saw. Yeah, I mean, I like this was not a month that was hard to find things. <laughs> it yeah. was really, it was very apparent who was out there. It was, you know, a lot of this stuff um, I already knew was coming more so than other months where I think you might have to search a little bit more. And this one was just like, oh yeah, this technically did come out in October or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good month of music. It's uh, not as many Christmas songs as I would have hoped. We're already oh, out. Come I guess on. we got to wait a little bit. That's this month. They come out in November. I, hey, Warren got my hopes up last month. Okay. But we're going to have to wait. Just a few more weeks. And there's some Christmas stuff coming out from outside of music artists, I know. So you can put, we can have those on there for sure. I think, right? I think they're all coming out in November. I can't recall. But regardless, let's, uh, let's jump into our list here. We got 10 tracks. And uh, if you're interested in having your track featured, make sure it's on Spotify so we can find it. Sometimes I do get emails from people and they're like, oh, my music's only on Bandcamp. I'm like, well, this is a Spotify playlist. It's impossible for me to add it to this playlist if you're not on Spotify. So uh, feel free to get in touch with us. Just check out the website, outsideofmusic.com. So we're gonna start with one of our great artists, a baritone saxophone player uh, named Andrew Katowskis. And uh, this new album that has been kind of on and off again for the last two years or so, but it's finally out. So we're excited about that. And there's also some great videos to go along with it. This is this tune is The Whistleblower from Andy Kataskis. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This was a really easy pick for me because I was editing the video a couple of days ago. And it's just, um, man, it was, it, it's not to say that like I expected it to be bad, by any means, but it was just like something that I put on and I was like, wow, I like this a lot more than I thought I was going to. It has like the brass band feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it's trombone, soprano, uh, bass and drums. And it's just, um, it, it just grooves out like very hard. Um, and it's a very, uh, brass bandy sound on soprano sax, which I think for some reason I also was not expecting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a really good tune. It's definitely has brass band vibes. I'm sure that this goes along more with his, um, uh, um, his, his other band that is the brass band. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Sorry, technical difficulties over here. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. Okay. This is the name of the band. Right, right. Yeah, Brass Against, a great band that he, Andy tours with a bunch. Um, but yeah, this track is good. I was trying to play the track and it wasn't working. So I was trying to sort out my issues. Not sure what happened, but um, anyway. Yeah, Andy, what just happened? You just played it from your computer. There's like ghosts in my computer right now. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're not going to play the tracks today. We're going to send you to Spotify to check out these tracks. So Andrew Gutowskis, whistleblower with uh, Josh Paris on the bass and Chris Smith on the drums, his trio, and then there's also a bunch of some tracks with trombone on there, which I'm partial to, of course. 
two friends of mine, Robert Edwards and Willie Applewhite. So we're some really great musicians. I think we recorded this back in 2018, I think. October 2018. Video's up. Okay. I've rambled on about this release long enough. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so moving on to, of course, great trumpet player. You can't resist. I know. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, it's a Ron Miles album. Uh, his actually is debut with Blue Note Records. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And it's, it's very interesting because he's not somebody that I think I have checked out like tons of his catalog. Um, but then this album comes out and you start checking it out and you're like, wow, this is a really good band. I wonder who's on it. And it's like Brian Blade, uh, Bill Vercel, Jason Moran, and Thomas Morgan, um, which then obviously makes sense. And it, it's just, uh, it's a great all album. And it's it's all based upon like um, modern and, and like popular music and like modern culture, which is really interesting. Like there's a, a great um interview he did with uh the owner of blue note or the president of blue note don uh good old don don. yeah and he um he just starts talking about how like it, it it had a lot to do with like folk songs for him from the 20s and then like james baldwin's uh book the fire next time and it, it i don't know maybe that's just the nerd in me um <laughs> finding it really cool to hear why somebody did something but it uh it's it's a great album from guy from a guy who's doing a lot of very interesting things with the trumpet you know it's not going to be like uh hard bop it's not going to be yearly more you know it's definitely more modern but it's not like christian scott or ambrose modern it's just kind of his thing mm-hmm. is it working now it is working audio. now we have a little bit of the recording in the background <laughs> look at that i know about using a computer sometimes yeah, uh, Ron is great. Um, I liked that record that came out, was it like last year with Joshua Redman? And uh, who else was on that? Brian Blade, maybe? I forget. But it uh, doesn't matter too much because this is his new record. I'm surprised it's on Blue Note. I'm like really all over the place right now, apparently. <laughs> but um, I like the cover too. Yeah, really. it's, it's really cool because like it has like... I mean, not to make a pun on his last name, but like almost like a Miles vibe, and but also like the like modern jazz quintet vibe too. That's mm-hmm. not um, super far out there, but like I guess like that modern and uh, take on on like uh, hard bop or, or, or where it should be and whatnot. Um, I don't know. He's just, I mean, he's just a really good trumpet player, you know? So like you got to check out the new album or at least I got to check out the new album. And therefore I'm telling other people to check out the new album, you know? Yeah. So that's rainbow sign, Ron miles, blue note records. They are still releasing jazz. I was getting a little skeptical because (laughs) most of their stuff was like, you know, whatever crossover fusiony singer songwriter stuff. Uh, I'm glad to see some more adventurous releases from them. All right, moving to a classic. You can't not include Peter Bernstein on a list of best new stuff. Yeah, here's Peter Bernstein on a a Smoke Sessions record um, with another phenomenal band. I mean, it's Sullivan Fortner, Joe Farnsworth, and Peter Washington. So they know how to play their instruments kind of well. Never heard of them. Yeah, I I don't know. They they just came out of nowhere, you know? 
but this is his take on on Con Alma. And I don't know, it's very interesting to me to always hear like Peter Bernstein's takes on standards. Um, especially thinking back to like when um his like famous version of like nobody else but me and how he's like adjusted it and and, and he approaches it. And Con Alma is just happened to also be something that like I've been shedding recently. So you start to um you just go for different recordings and how different people are, are, are handling it, you know, rather than the normal, here's Dizzy Gillespie playing Con Alma, you know, mm-hmm. um, a little bit sharp, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's a beautiful tune. And he's someone that I think um, has like his pocket of like how, how he approaches stuff. And he just sits extremely well inside of his thing. And then you add someone like a Sullivan Fortner who, uh, you know, playing with Roy Hargrove and, and Cecile and everything. And then like that understanding of harmony along with Peter's understanding of harmony, you know, um, and then also Peter Washington's understanding of harmony. It's just a very interesting trio that I'm sure uh, melded very easily together. I don't think it was difficult <laughs> for them to all play together at all. I don't think so. I think they've played together a little bit before, I think. Yeah, probably a couple times. A couple times, a couple times. Amazing. So Smoke Sessions doing uh, great work as usual. And uh, they've got that uh, Manhattan Henge photo with Peter on the cover, which is nice. Um, That's funny. Trying to figure out what street that is. Probably just right around the corner from Smoke there. Anyway. We've got another version of Konama coming up here, this time from Tavon Pennicott. Yeah, this, uh, I just, I knew this album was coming out. Um, and I was like, well, why not just put the two tunes against each other? You mm-hmm. know, because they are very, very different takes on Konama. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just very uh, different. Um, but this one also obviously has a great band. Uh, playing more instruments, um, a little interesting, if you will. You know, Tavon is playing tenor sax, obviously. Uh, Philip Dizak is on here playing trumpet, and he's credited with chimes. Oh, I'm going to have to give him a hard time about that. Yeah, Yasushi Nakamura playing bass, uh, Dominique Sanders playing bass and gong, and then Joe Saylor is playing drums and timpani. Um, nice. And then there's violin on here as well. So it's Who's very playing violin? There's a whole string uh, orchestra, right? Uh, I think so on some of the tracks. Yeah. On so Yojin Park is like the concert master and violinist. I see. Um, and a conductor. I'm assuming it's just, you know, difficult to fit an entire string yeah. section with the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, he's such an interesting saxophonist too, because I think like, again, coming from it, in a very nerdy spot. It's always been interesting to see like how he interprets rhythmic ideas because he's very rhythmic with things. Mm -hmm. And then you add in like saxophone and octave displacement becomes a million times easier than it does on a brass instrument. Um, So that in combined with rhythms just can make it, you know, much, much more like juxtaposition and, and uh, interesting take on, on standards and and music in general, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Tavon, if you don't know him, he plays with um, Gregory Porter's group, if you know that record. I think we featured something from it recently on the playlist. Definitely did, yeah. Because he has a new album. 
did the album come out or was it just a single? I don't remember. No, Maybe it came one. out. It had like a thousand yeah. singles at the, the gospel record. Yeah. I see on our playlist, everything you touch is gold was something from that record. Um, but yeah, Tavon plays with Gregory Porter. And um, yeah, I, I saw a promo for this and I got pretty excited because the band is really great. And anything with a giant string orchestra is always, you know, such a huge project for the artist that it's like, man, I got to check that out. Right, and, right. And uh, so I'm looking forward to checking that one out. I haven't gotten to listen all the way through yet. So I'm excited to do that. Now we got another amazing tenor saxophone player. We've got a bunch of great saxophone players here today. This one's uh, from Dana Stevens. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, this kind of just hit the nail on the head for me. I mean, it's a live album, <laughs> uh, which is great. The band is all, I mean, I think that that sums up this month's playlist very well is the band uh, because this also has Aaron Parks on it, uh, Ben Street on bass, and then Hutch playing drums, Gregory Hutchinson. Um, so again, you know, they know some things. Um, and then Dana Stevens has just been someone who I've been listening to more actually because of Simon Mullier, uh, a vibraphonist that put out a record with us, who has Dana on his album. Um, oh. And it was just, Dana was someone who I would come across in like passing, uh, but I don't think I ever checked out him and his own projects, you know? Um, so it's cool. I mean, I know some people like say that he has uh, influence from like Lester Young or Stan Getz or what. I mean, I don't know. I don't listen to as many saxophonists to always hear like that mm -hmm. particular things, but I think he's a phenomenal uh, tenor saxophonist nowadays. Um, you know, with a, a unique take on it too, but it's, it's not too um, abrasive as sometimes I think sex can be for, for a lot of people, you know, where it's just like too much going on at once. Sure. Sure. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those albums I feel like you could just put on and like, just go through it, even with it being modern stuff and not, you know, not standards or, or whatever, you can just put it on and it's not going to ever be too uh, um, mentally draining mm. to be able to like focus in and, and, and listen to everything that you do, you know? Yep. I do know. I do know. Uh, and live at the Village Vanguard, of course, uh, pre, pre-pandemic, probably last year sometimes. I don't know when they exactly recorded it, but I'm guessing not any time recently. Um, so that's number six for this month. Moving ahead, we have number five on our list here from great drummer, also fellow colleague of mine at UNT, uh, Quincy Davis, and his new record, I think it's called Q Vision. It's the record and this is his tune nat turner yeah which if we just go back to the band again i mean so there's there's multiple bands that are featured on this album um from a septet to a quintet to a trio and it's like you know some of the people in it uh dana stevens uh warren wolf you know vicente archer um xavier davis phil dezak's in it again and it's um you know, Peter Bernstein's on it. Myron Walden is on it. It's it's a great album. And I, I really like the fact that it has uh, multiple bands because it just lets you, um, 
you know, hear different perspectives. It's like sometimes people will do a trio album and then they have a quintet album. And it's like, okay, well, you got to wait, you know, the year or two in between or whatever to go back and back and forth between it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, to me, it's cool to be able to go from one track and then hear how someone is with a trio and then to another track and be like, how someone with a septet, you know, which is night and day um, of a difference. And it's also a very interesting septet in the sense that like, when I think septet, there's trombone in it, but there's not. It's uh, trumpet, alto, tenor, and guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know. salty. Just a little salty <laughs> over here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, that's, that's just very interesting to me, too, because you always think of, like, um, like I think when everyone thinks of jazz guitar, their first question is going to be like, oh, well, great. How does this meld with the piano? You know, how do they mesh? Like, are they walking on top of each other? Are they, letting, you know, leaving space? Um, but then you get this septet where it's not, it's almost more like one of the horns in front, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but who knows, you know, maybe one of these days we'll see an octet and we'll finally add the trombone to it or we'll get another saxophone. Good God. All these saxophones. Come on. <laughs> these are going to have a big band of all saxophone. That's going to be trumpets and all saxophones. It's going to sound terrible. That would be a, uh, I don't even want to hear that to be quite honest. Like that would be, that would be a lot. <laughs> Funny. Speaking of a lot, this record, next record is a lot. I like it, but it's a lot. It Red is Wendell. a lot. Um, and I tried to choose one of the tracks that I figured was a little less yeah. uh, because it is a lot. Um, but man, I don't know what goes on in Ben Wendell's head. Um, <laughs> because he has such um wild might be too strong of a word but like the way that he just hears things as an arrangement um absolutely blows my mind and the way things are orchestrated um and he sometimes is the least jazz sounding jazz musician ever you know um it's very like electronically influenced obviously like you can definitely hear influence of hip-hop um it's there's effects all the time i know that he loves using effects on uh the saxophone and everything he plays bassoon on this record which is also stupid what's his first instrument good it's just that's not fair i am a very big believer someone should pick an instrument and stick with it uh, rather than cutting us everywhere, you know, don't get me started on Joey DeFrancesco. Um, but man, it's it's nuts. And you know, you got Joe Sanders playing bass and Nate Wood on drums. Um, Michael Mayo is on voice and effects at some points. Uh, and then Gerald Clayton is on piano and Fender on some tracks. And then Shy Maestro is on the other tracks. Um, this is definitely not an album I would just put on where you're casually making dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe after you've listened to it a couple of times and figure out which tracks those are for you. Mm-hmm. It's definitely to me a, a little bit more of like an active listening game, you know, because there's so much just going on. There's a lot happening. It's very dense. Um, but it's not too much. Like, I don't mind that there's a lot going on with this. Like I, like if there wasn't, I would be a little disappointed, you know? <laughs> sure. Like when his music comes out, I expect for it to be like overwhelmingly rich and I have to do some of the breaking down and then I appreciate it more for what it's worth, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I put it on, what day was it? Monday or something. 
when I was driving, when I was driving, I was like, wow, there's so much happening. Can't listen to this right now. I'm yeah, so distracted. If, if that was like when you first get up in the morning, that is not the album that like <laughs> is the first thing that you touch. But it's great music though. I like the art too. The artwork is pretty cool. Yeah, it's I don't pretty know sleek. What it is. Yeah, I, don't I think know it's what... a heart. Oh yeah, because the album I is called that. High Heart. <laughs> not that dumb. <laughs> um, but Edition Records, man, they're doing some interesting things. A lot of that Herbie Hancock record is from Earth. Sorry, the Herbie Hancock Lionel Luque album from last month is also out on the Edition Records. And uh, which, like honorable mention, like go back and, and if you haven't listened to it, like listen to it. Yeah, that's uh, good. That's a good record because it's really good. Yeah. Honorable mention. Two months in a row, getting that shout out to Lionel. Um, all right, so we're, we're going. We keep it moving here. We got. Um, what unfortunately could be one of the last things we get from Keith Jarrett. This is uh, from a live concert also from Budapest. Yeah, this was recorded um, in 2016. Um, you know, I love live albums, whatever. There we go. Just said it. Uh, I think one of the, my favorite things with Keith Jarrett too is that like, and I, I, I think that, yeah. So his last one in Munich was also similar to this where um, they just kind of gave up on labeling them as song titles <laughs> it just turns into part one part two etc um but man he was he or was is like someone that in my younger years i think i was very turned off by because okay. you also just have to like unless you find something like this which is a blues which is like simple to follow i think it's kind of difficult to follow and it's, it's just, you have to be there with him or, and if you're not like, he's going to go somewhere else and then you're going to be playing catch up to try and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like listening to um, like the Bill Evans solo albums. Like if you're just not following along all the time, he's going to go somewhere and it, it makes sense, but you could easily miss it and have to figure out how did that just happen? Like I thought I was listening to this and now we're not. Um, and it's just because he he's that much of a genius. Um, I wish I could do that that easily. I can't, but <laughs> a little less singing on this album though than than normal for Keith Jarrett. Which oh, is that right? Yeah, it's, it's it's cool. It's cool. That's another thing that I think is so impressive about him too is like how accurate. I mean, I would say accurate his uh, vocalizing of his lines are. You know, and. Um, his ability to like respond to it right there. It almost sometimes make it sounds like a quartet. Like a quartet. Yeah. Because like there are some of those albums where his like singing of his solos is like that. Uh, oh, apparent those records, that clear the records. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought you meant this record. I was just like, wait, no, so no, no, no. how did the solo this... <laughs> become a quartet? It is a solo piano album. Let me make that perfectly yeah, clear. Right. Right. But uh, if you hadn't seen, the New York Times, or there was an article about, was it New York Times or was it Downbeat? I don't remember, but uh, that he's been having some trouble with his left hand. So hopefully, hopefully he'll come back and be able to play some more. Really uh, genius of this music. Right. And uh, oh, so now we have number two, a little bit of a throwback here. This looks like a re-release or uh, sorry, no lost, yeah, lost, lost tapes. Um, which we will do our, uh, I don't know, our FYI. Uh, 
here's a lost tape that somehow has been lost. Who knows what happened? Um, but there's a great interview on this uh, on NPR where they talked to Greg Field, who um, was a drummer with Ella and helped like restore some of these recordings. Um, and so I guess that this was, um, let's see, this was in 62, or sorry, in 62 was when she won a couple of Grammys for Ella in Berlin. And then she went back um, in, I don't know, 60, no, okay, so in 1960, sorry, she won the, she was in Berlin, did a live album, won some Grammys, went back two years later, and this is from that. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's just great. It's Ella Fitzgerald, so what more could you want? But it also, I think, and I think I mentioned this because we had our, one of her singles on here too, is it's like such a high quality recording of Ella Fitzgerald mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people um, don't always get to experience because unless you're getting the re remastered or, you know, some lost tape or some lost track or whatever, sometimes that early recording quality can be a turnoff to people. And I think that to some pe people that are not musicians, she doesn't necessarily get always the, the credit she deserves for like the quality of like tone that she has. Like, I think when people think of like warm vocal tones, like um, their very go-to is like Sarah Vaughn. Um, but with a record like this, like you can hear very clearly, you know, Ella and like how phenomenal of a vocalist Ella is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Call that a soapbox moment or whatever you want to call it, but it's a phenomenal <laughs> record. Tons of great standards in it. I mean, we, I picked Mr. Paganini, um, but Mac the Knife is here. Angel Eyes, Cry Me a River, Cheek to Cheek, uh, Hallelujah, I Love Him So, et cetera, et cetera. That's uh, classics. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. All right, and so we've come to the last track of our playlist for this month, and uh, this is a new album. Also, I believe probably, <clears throat> excuse me, on Blue Note, but uh, from vibraphonist Joel Ross. Yeah, um, here's his Blue Note release, and wow, uh, it was good. It is good. Um, I think I think it was you that texted me, and you're like, "Hey, his new track that came out sounds like Kenny Garrett on vibes." Um, oh, probably. Sounds like something I would say. Yeah, which it's, it's, um, this is a killing album. Um, and I don't know, maybe vibes are, are coming for everybody in the world of jazz. Who knows what's going on there? But, um, it's a great band. I mean, um, Jeremy Corrin's on piano. Uh, this is Emmanuel Wilkins on alto. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeremy Dutton on drums. And, uh, Kanoa Mendenhall on bass. Um, and then there's actually harp on some of the tracks too, Brandy Younger. Um, but man, Joel's like uh, just discography as a sideman. I mean, from Ambrose and Kinsinger to Marquis Hill to uh, McKay and McCraven. And I know he's worked some of like Walter Smith. Um, he's just another person where it's so interesting to hear like his his uh his compositions um outside of his playing like that that's great and all but i mean it's like someone's playing can be great and they just do a standard but it just takes it to a new level you know when it's when it's their original music too mm -hmm. 
Um, and obviously, you know, you listen to that and like, it definitely has like a Marquise Hill vibe and like Walter Smith and like Kenny Garrett and even Gerald Clayton. Um, and yeah, I think it's just an incredible record. I mean, I know that track specifically I've been listening to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that track was uh three, one, two is the track. Yeah. Gato's gift is another one, which is, uh, Spanish for cat. Um, so cat's <laughs> gift, <laughs> I don't know, man. Wow, thank it's, you. Thank you for that. I don't brilliant linguistic moment. Just just right there. You know, that that quick on my toes. Didn't think about that one for a little bit. Um but supposedly also what's kind of interesting was the album was like assembled in hat in halves. Um where like one through seven have some strings tying it together. Like he describes it as a as a character introductions, and then eight through fifteen are the like plot twists, if you will. Hmm. Um, so, you know, go through all of it and, and, and see what your thoughts are behind it. It's kind of cool too, that not, uh, besides two of the tracks, they're not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're talking about a 15 track album, you know, and everything's, uh, 10 to 15 minutes, that's, that's a lot of brain power to get through, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it seems like he's taken some thought into that and, and needs some more, diving into is how tracks go together because there's some of them that are very much just like one minute or 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 two minutes um which kind of goes with like that ambrose vibe where there's like some tracks that are they're settle on tracks but they're really just like transitional material Mm -hmm. um so it's something that again the nerd in me wants to wants to check out more you know (laughs) yes yes i do know i do know amazing well that's a lot of music for this month uh, I have some homework to do. I didn't realize this album was so uh, long, this one. Not long, but, you know, a lot of tracks, a lot of material. Um, so there you have it. That's uh, the October 2020 uh, This Is Jazz Today playlist, looking back at o- October releases, I mean. And uh, so much music, man. And uh, I'm sure next month will be a little bit lighter. Perhaps some holiday favorites will be included. And uh, the November playlist. If Alan's putting together, you know, there's going to be two things trumpet, live albums, and at Christmas time, holiday music. Yeah. So, yeah. That's extremely accurate. <laughs> that's okay. That's why, that's why we uh, keep coming back to you. We love that trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> no, you give it, it's a good, it's a well rounded well-rounded look at what's been happening. So uh, if you're interested to hear the music, head on over to Spotify. Our playlist is there. You can find it. Just type in, this is Jazz Today. Outside of music, it'll pop right up. And uh, thanks for being here. Alan, thanks for putting together the playlist. And uh, we will catch you all next month. 